The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today we are joined by Guru Rasudeva. Uh, my name is Maureen Metcalf. I'm your host. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work as an executive advisor, a speaker, a coach, and also the author of an award-winning book series focused on helping innovators l- update how they lead or innovate. Um, I'm also the um, faculty in universities in the U.S. and Germany. So Guru is a senior vice president and chief information officer of application and data services at Nationwide, a Fortune 100 financial services and insurance company. In this role, Guru manages a shared service organization that provides program delivery, software engineering, requirements, and testing, and support services for the enterprise. He's responsible for the lean and agile transformation of the application development and maintenance functions across Nationwide. Guru has over 23 years of experience in operations and IT. Before joining Nationwide, he spent six years at IBM as an executive architect focused on conceptualizing, selling, and delivering large internet-based business solutions for insurance, retail, and government organizations. He's also worked at AT AT&T and Tata Consulting. A results-oriented leader, Guru has demonstrated success in strategic planning and leading transformational initiatives, as well as running and continuously improving large-scale operations. In this show, because we are focused on helping leaders innovate how they lead, my goal is to bring to you uh, topics and leaders who are effectively changing their organizations in major ways. And the focus on agile and lean is one that I think is particularly important because they are often mistaken where to apply agile and where to apply lean and how they support one another. So my goal today is that you will hear from Guru some of the nuances that will help you be successful. And if you're not in IT and you're not in an enterprise that is currently looking at agile and lean, it's certainly a topic to be aware of and understand how it may affect your organization as you're working with people tangentially who are taking on these initiatives. So, Guru, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into the topic of Agile and Lean? Uh, Thanks, Maureen. So, let's see, where do I start? I grew up in India uh, in a small town. When I grew up, uh, I think we had around a million people in that town. Uh, But still, it was a small town with one traffic light. 
Really? Right? Uh, yes, uh, because India was in the 70s and 80s a very okay. different country. Okay. Right? Uh, and uh, I had no uh, exposure to computers growing up, uh, but I had seen these pictures of one of my uncles living in, the, in New York bringing about America. And so I always wanted to come to the U.S. I'd heard about computers and the impact that they were doing on the workplace. And in India, we didn't have many of that. Uh, but I chose to really focus on computer science engineering and uh, was fortunate to really get that education in India. And uh, one thing led to the other. I started a small uh, financial services type of a uh, company to mm -hmm. help build Quicken or TurboTax oh, yeah, type of yeah. a thing for uh, small businesses in India. So that was uh, my first foray into applying technology to business. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I joined later on a, a consulting company, Tata Consultancy. And then one thing led to the other. Finally, I came uh, to the U.S. into Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's when I joined IBM. And, you know, oh, uh, the last t 12 years ago now, I joined mm -hmm. Nationwide uh, as a chief architect and then have held several different roles uh, including uh, CIO for business units and now CIO for a shared services organization. Cool. And you and I worked on a project. You were on my steering committee yes. on the Attract and Retain Talent Project. Yes. Now years ago. Yeah. I, I enjoy uh, those type of topics because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, what we do is all people-based business. Uh, so we've put a lot of focus on that. It was fun to be part of that. It was good to have your wisdom as we went through it. Thank you. You know, it's funny. You saw pictures of computers and wanted to go into technology. I, My dad bought, when I was in college, one of the first computers. It was like an Osborne or mm -hmm. something. Uh, and I worked on my thesis on that computer. Mm -hmm. And my goal was to be important enough that I never had to use a computer again. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> I know. Different people have different interests, I guess. <laughs> Well, that yeah. was when the little computer was plugged into your TV screen yeah. and the whole thing yeah. was just... Now it's everywhere. Well, yeah. and I, I'm as twitchy as the next person when I don't have my three devices in front of me, exactly. right? It's I'm sitting here with a laptop and a phone yeah. and often a tablet next to that. So it's, it's curious how we evolve. Exactly, yes. Okay, so let's go into the meat of Lean and Agile. Mm -hmm. Does Lean only apply to op operations? Um, you know, uh, the short answer is no, uh, but that was somewhat my understanding as well, seven, mm -hmm. eight years ago. I'd heard about Lean. I'd heard about its roots in Toyota mm -hmm. production system. So I thought it applies to operations. It applies to manufacturing. Uh, I really didn't see a whole lot of applicability to knowledge work. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, one of my colleagues at the time was really starting this small department where they were bringing agile and lean philosophies together. And I was like, wow, that's kind of oxymoronic. I don't know how <laughs> it can actually work together. Because Agile is all about discovering things as you go along. Lean is about having standard process, you know, uh, process consistency, standardized work, but with a focus on continuous improvement. Related, but very different philosophically. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Um, uh, I never thought that that would be successful, but, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I was proven wrong, and now I love the combination. I uh, Later on, a couple of years after that, 
I had the privilege of leading that and other departments. Okay. And I got to really learn more about Lean and Agile uh, through that journey mm-hmm. um, and because they were very successful in applying it together. So I put a lot of energy to learn it and I found it to be very, very impactful in knowledge work and uh, high results that we were finding. So as a result, we decided can we really not apply it very broadly? So the short answer is no, it is not just applies to operations. It can be applied to knowledge work. All kinds of work, other philosophies of lean can be applied. So you mentioned the department where it was being lean and agile implemented. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that journey? Sure. How long did it take? What did it look like? How did people's work change? Yeah. So uh, this particular department is a development center that Mm -hmm. uh, was being created at the time. It's a soft engineering development center, just like you um, may imagine, you know, in uh, for those of you who are part of IT organizations, you see people sitting together where they're developing Mm -hmm. uh, or like in India, you hear about, you know, development centers. So we wanted at Nationwide, we spend a lot on IT. Mm -hmm. Uh, We spend more than a billion dollars on IT every year. And uh, it is a critical part of our business strategy and our uh, business survival depends Mm -hmm. on a lot on technology. Mm -hmm. So as a result, uh, we had decided to really create uh, a industry leading uh, software engineering capability. And we wanted to do that as a small experiment and see Mm -hmm. if we can actually Mm -hmm. do this. Uh, So this gentleman, uh, Tim Lyons at the time, was Mm -hmm. charged with uh, creating uh, this uh, small development center Mm -hmm. with like three uh, teams. Mm -hmm. We call them development lines, but they're basically teams of developers, testers, and uh, people who can actually orchestrate the work, right? Uh, And uh, one of the uh, ideas, him, uh, Tim Lyons Mm -hmm. at the time, as well as uh, a few other uh, colleagues, uh, they had this idea that, we're doing Agile across the company in small pockets mm-hmm. in different ways. Uh, and Agile is uh, very much was becoming prevalent in the industry at the time. Mm-hmm. But then how do you really scale that at an enterprise level? How do you take it from one project to the next project? How do you take it from one uh, department to the other department? Um, the team decided to really leverage Lean as a way to scale it. And that journey has taken us, I mean, even now we are on that journey, mm-hmm. uh, but we have tri- gotten significant benefits uh, from it. So let us step back for just a second. Mm-hmm. So can you define what Agile is, what Lean is, and how they're different? Because I'm not mm-hmm. sure everyone understands the nuances of these two constructs. Yeah, we yeah. throw them around often carelessly, I think. Mm-hmm. Not you, mm-hmm. but I think in, in, in industry, industry parlance, correct. it's, it's yeah, loose. Yeah. Absolutely. So Agile, of course, uh, goes to the roots of it is the Agile Manifesto mm-hmm. that was uh, uh, declared almost now 15 years ago, right? And the uh, revolution that has happened in software engineering based on that, which basically said we want to focus on collaboration of people. We want to focus on working code over uh, documentation uh, and experts over process and those kinds of Mm -hmm. things, uh, which is beautifully written, just four lines and how nicely it highlights Mm -hmm. what we Mm want to focus on versus what is less important or... But not unimportant. Unimportant, exactly. It is. I think that's one of the pitfalls I see is people really say, now that means we don't have to document anything. Exactly, exactly. And they, the authors of the manifesto do a, such a great job of really clarifying it, but still mm-hmm. people 
um, have this misconception. <laughs> so as a result, Agile, in my mind, in software engineering is all about not spending months documenting requirements and then starting coding and then later on doing testing. And then finally, after a year, showing it to your users and saying, is this what you wanted? Now we have wasted a whole year. Instead, why don't we do this in a more small sprints or increments mm -hmm. or iterations and do them in a way that you discover uh, mm -hmm. what people really want versus what they say they want. There is a difference, right? You say that I want something, but then if I really show you a half-finished uh, product, mm -hmm. you may say, hmm, that's not what I really said. I want it to be slightly different, right? So that is the crux of Agile is about high degree of collaboration between users mm -hmm. and the developers, the requirements people, and the testers, and really doing in small increments and showing and telling uh, people. And then as a result, you develop a software that people really desire versus what they said they wanted. And underlying that is a huge change in mindset. Mm -hmm. it, I talk about leaders going from th this kind of command and control to yeah. the mind of the scientist. So I'm continually experimenting. I don't. I can't be right on everything. There's That's not right. enough time in the day. That's right. And and it seems per that thinking seems aligned well. And it probably because mm -hmm. of my work in. Uh, pretty intensely in technology, mm -hmm. I think that kind of informed the shift in how I talk about leadership. I think there are lots of uh, mind, um, mental models that have mm -hmm. to be uh, changed. Um, leaders often feel that they need to know what the future looks like. Uh, what if you could actually discover a future that's even better than what you th wanted through iterations, mm -hmm. right? And that's how leadership has to change, that's how the software engineering practices have changed. And, and so my guess is to effectively mm -hmm. implement Agile, mm -hmm. I need to change my culture and the mindset of my leaders. And that's tough. It is. It is tough. Absolutely. I can change where I sit people. Mm -hmm. That's but easy. That's <laughs> easy. Or put them on instead of in cubes in a you know open space. That's yeah. easy. But that is not, that's not uh, agile. <laughs> agile. That enables agile, uh -huh. uh, but that is not agile, right? Now about lean, what lean is all about is having a standardized process mm -hmm. as a basis of continuous improvement. That's okay. the way I think about lean, mm -hmm. right? It is you know on a normal scenario, what are the 10 steps that you will take to do something? Mm -hmm. And then, since you know it, now you can measure it. Mm -hmm. Since you can measure it, you can say, is it working or not working? Or can I get better? And then come up with ideas to really continuously improve. So, um, so obviously, Lean hunts its roots to Toyota production system. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that language, you have got multiple different concepts or practices on a day-to-day -day basis that are very different but related to how Agile works, right? So when I think about that, I think mm -hmm. about like finance, I want to close the mm -hmm. books in a certain number of days. Yeah. And so there's a process, and yeah. if I'm a public company, I don't just kind of change it because I want to experiment. Yeah. There are mm -hmm. regulations. That's and right, yeah. And they're fairly well codified. So yeah. my sense is, in one part of the business, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. How does it relate, though, to IT and Agile? 
And that's why originally I thought it was oxymoronic how mm-hmm. it could come together, <laughs> right? Uh, but what I have now begun to really have a high degree of appreciation for, for lean is even in a creative process like software engineering, mm-hmm. you can still have st- 10 steps that we go through for this phase. Okay. And that is the 10 steps that we do every day. But in that process, we innovate and create and do better, right? Okay. And so basically, Lean has got another concept that I've come to now deeply appreciate, and that is making all the information visible. Right, mm-hmm. uh, okay. and that hunts back to again to a production system. Mm-hmm. So the metrics are visual, the work how it's getting is visual. In software engineering, people often because we are IT people, we want to keep everything in a spreadsheet <laughs> or you know keep it in a system, but you cannot really see the knowledge work, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in a manufacturing floor, you can see yeah. cars being produced, whereas in software, you really don't know what people are working on. So there, is, there are lean concepts you can take to really visualize everything. Oh, interesting. Okay, let's go to break here yeah. and come back and talk about what are those lean concepts mm-hmm. that allow me to visualize. Absolutely. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back. We're Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are with Guru today talking about lean and agile in an IT organization and how they fit together at Nationwide Insurance and the journey that they've taken over a number of years to make their organization agile and at the same time leveraging the lean concepts. Absolutely. So Guru, before break, we started talking about how you use lean to measure the progress. Mm-hmm. Unlike Toyota where we see cars, mm-hmm. I don't see softwares. Yeah. They, they kind of... Exactly. <laughs> they kind of do exist, but... <laughs> On uh, my laptop. Exactly. So um, I think we were talking about the various principles or practices of lean, how mm-hmm. it can be applied uh, to software engineering mm-hmm. along with Agile. Mm-hmm. Uh, visualization is one, which is having this information on visual boards and having um, pieces of work that you're working on codified in little cards that move from one le- stage to the next stage. So that's one way to visualize. And those, I've seen them on boards and also electronically. That's right. We prefer the physical mm-hmm. versions because it really uh, makes something real that you can actually yeah. do, right? Yeah. Uh, and it also encourages team members to uh, pull the cards that they want to work on. So it's instead of a push assignment system, mm. it can actually become a very much a uh, pull system. And we found tremendous value from those kinds of things. That's one of the concepts of Lean. And that and sounds, I, again, like I get back to the human interaction with the work exactly. changes. It does. I get to do something I want, not you're going to tell me what to do. Exactly, exactly. And the other way in which the interaction changes is because I am now working with a team and I am committing to doing something by pulling a card, mm-hmm. now I am feeling the ownership to get it done. Ah, right? okay. And... I can assess my ability, I can assess the other help that I need, my dependencies, all those things, and I get to now report on it. So there is a level of ownership, a level Mm -hmm. of commitment that comes with it. So it really um, makes people, you know, empowered and also fosters collaboration. So the other aspect of lean uh, is this idea that managers don't sit in the corner, but rather go Gemba. Gemba is the place where the work happens. Okay. Uh, and Gemba walks are a way, that's the terminology used in the okay. lean, uh, uh, lingo, uh, is where managers go to where the work is happening and see the work, ask questions, and ask what are the roadblocks that the people are having mm-hmm. and help remove it, right? A third concept of lean is this idea of a standard work, that people know in this phase Mm -hmm. that you have a standard work and the steps that you'll take. Even leaders have standard practices that they're supposed Mm. to do. So, for example, even as a CIO, I have published to the organization what are my standard work that I do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a quarterly basis, and that actually allows me to make sure that I'm doing them, A, Mm -hmm holding myself accountable, but also allocate my time effectively. It's really some powerful concepts of lean management system combined with lean production system and then agile. Uh, what it allows you to really do is take agile mm-hmm. from this little thing that you do in the corner to take agile at scale. And that's what I think is what we have done uh, from this little idea that I was sharing with you of mm-hmm. this colleague of mine, Tim Lyons at the time, starting, he started with just two, three lines. 
And two, three lines of code or two, three? Two, three development teams. Development yeah, teams. Yeah, development okay. lines, okay? Development ah, teams, okay. okay? So in just in a factory, you have production lines just ah, like that. Okay, we so call the, them lines, but okay. they're really teams. Um, okay. and, and we found success with it. And then mm-hmm. we have been able to grow it over the years. Uh, right now, when I joined the that organization, we were around 15, 20 development teams. Okay. Now we are at 65 just within my uh, organization. That Those development teams work on projects from across the company, whether it be in financial services, mm-hmm. the bank, or insurance, or... Claims agricultural claims, you know, those kinds of things. And we have plans to grow it even further across nationwide IT and really make all of our lines very consistent. And that's what we are really working on. And right that was now. going to be one of my questions. So mm-hmm. say you've got 65 teams now. Yeah. Is that a perpetual, not the same 65 and yeah. the same issues, but is IT now structured differently where you will be doing these ongoing lines or teams mm. for the next five years? Absolutely. We started off in this small team, mm-hmm. all right, with few development teams, uh, and then we have grown it, mm-hmm. and then we have also spread those practices across all of our business units. And we recently have made a decision to take the next level up, you know, step in mm-hmm. our journey, mm-hmm. that we are going to really have all those teams adhere to similar software engineering practices. So that's the lean influence. Lean influence. And we are now going to staff them consistently uh, from some roles, from uh, teams that are close to the business units and applications, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some uh, roles that are staffed from a shared service mm-hmm. organization, so that we can get the best of both worlds of people who are intimately knowledgeable about an application like mm-hmm. Nationwide.com, mm-hmm. but also people who are intimately experts at software engineering mm-hmm. or automated testing. And they come from a, cent- a shared service team, right. so you can actually bring and drive consistency across Nationwide IT. And it sounds like by bringing business users in, I also get the voice of the customer consistently. Absolutely. So the one of the practice, again, mm-hmm. standard practice mm-hmm. that we use using the lean lingo uh, is that every uh, couple of weeks, we finish an iteration mm-hmm. of development mm-hmm. or a sprint. Yeah. Uh, some people call it sprint. Some people call it iteration. And then we do a show and tell, right? Okay. So we invite the business users uh, more broadly mm-hmm. uh, to really come and see the working software. Mm-hmm. Now, some of their reps are even uh, embedded with the team on a day-to-day basis as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's fascinating that long-term, Nationwide is making this investment in renovating, in mm-hmm. essence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we have been on the journey um, for a number of years, but particularly using Lean and Agile uh, probably seven, eight years now Mm -hmm. uh, in that journey. And the reason why we have decided to really do this type of investment in ourselves, Mm -hmm. in our own associates, is because we believe in this day and age, every company is a software company in some way, right? So uh, particularly if you are in an industry like financial services, um, our products are something that you cannot touch and feel. Mm-hmm. It's not like a water bottle or a car or a pencil. Our products are all information-centric. It's available on a website. <laughs> it's available through a call mm-hmm. center mm-hmm. interaction or a bill. So in our industry, 
technology becomes the manufacturing arm of mm-hmm. the company, and we've decided that it is a competency, core competency that we want to be really good at, mm-hmm. and we've been mm-hmm. investing in it. So it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, and um, you have to stay the course and mm-hmm. improve on what is not working well, but build on what is working well. Yeah, we on the show we've talked about, and I continually hearken back mm-hmm. to the Ray Kurzweil statistic that technology will change. There will be twenty thousand times more technology change in this century than the last. Yeah, yeah. So so I think that completely builds on your point that we think we're going to get caught up and it's just, it's a slippery... I think about it as a positive cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) Well, what I can do now compared to 10 years ago is phenomenal. Again, I look at my phone. On the first time I worked on cost proposals, I was at um, Burroughs and then Unisys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we looked at people getting a a gigabyte of storage, and that just seemed unfathomable. And, And now here I am with this little phone. Yeah. I heard a stat, a stat that said uh, when President Clinton was in office, uh, the amount of information he had on his fingertips at the time that he mm-hmm. could get access mm-hmm. to through all of the CIA or mm-hmm. whoever, mm-hmm. Um, right now, a average person has more access to information than President Clinton did. That's only in the last 20 years, right? So now to to take that and put mm-hmm. into uh, context mm-hmm. that you will be continually renovating absolutely and probably at an accelerating rate absolutely yeah over yeah. time so yeah. this doesn't having mm-hmm. uh, worked in finance as well as technology it seems like the question is always when are you going to be done so yeah. we don't have to pay for this anymore <laughs> well so the way we look at it is we spend around five hundred million dollars every year in building new systems or wow. renovating systems okay. all the time anyway. Okay. So what are we doing with Lean and Agile is that work is not going away. <laughs> that work needs to be done better, faster, more, mm-hmm. with a higher mm-hmm. quality. Mm-hmm. So what have we have found from Lean and Agile is that uh, the quality that we're getting from these these practices is unbelievable. I've been around software engineering for 23 plus years now, mm-hmm. but until uh, we started to apply these things, I had never seen stats like the one I'm mm-hmm. about to mm-hmm. share with you. So, um, as I mentioned, that we have scaled these to at least 65 lines mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm able to measure on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. right, that are part of my organization. And those lines or development teams last year released around 200 releases, like mm-hmm. capabilities, functionality okay. into our uh, our IT system. Those are final releases, 200 final, re- final, releases, final releases, not 200 iterations. No, these are 200 big releases, like a new version of a new looking nationwide.com or something okay. like that, the big ones, right? Okay. Um, and we, 83% of those releases mm-hmm. Uh, have gone in with zero defects. Really? Yeah. Zero low defects, zero medium defects, zero high defects, right? Wow. And our stats of people discovering defects, mm-hmm. even after things are going to production, we measure mm-hmm. that as well, mm-hmm. are also amazing, right? And we also measure productivity, like mm-hmm. how many lines of code you're able to really mm-hmm. produce. Mm-hmm. 
and how much effort it takes to do that. Mm -hmm. And we compare it to industry using a metric called SLIM from a company called QSM. Mm -hmm. They compare us to other software engineering mm -hmm. um, organizations. 57% of these 200 releases were delivered uh, at the top quartile productivity. So wow. it is so we're getting pretty. it done quickly and effectively. We are getting done more efficiently using these practices okay. and with more quality. And then the when you really convert that into dollars, that's around $28 million of annual savings just in software engineering. That's really impressive. Exactly. So let's shift gears then <clears> and talk <throat> about you, the person who's leading these. This, this is mm -hmm. a big transformation, it, it sounds like, yeah. not, not a little thing you do in your spare time. <laughs> yeah. Um, as the CIO, how have you changed your leadership style to, to make this possible in an organization that's a mutual insurance company? Yeah. Right? You're, you're not <clears throat> Google. Yeah. Yes. So what, what, is, uh, what is important is, uh, first of all, I'll talk about the, uh, the setting that makes mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. possible and then my own leadership style. Okay. Uh, first of all, my uh, boss, Mike Keller, who is the mm -hmm. corporate CIO, and all of my peers who are the business unit CIOs and the CIO for infrastructure and so on, we uh, made this collective decision several years ago to invest in IT capabilities. Mm -hmm. right? We uh, collectively decided that we want to experiment with Agile and Lean. Mm -hmm. And experiment was successful, we decided to scale it, mm -hmm. right? I just happened to have the uh, fortunate uh, uh, position of having to lead this part. Mm -hmm. It would not be possible without the support of mm -hmm. all of my peers, mm -hmm. right? So that's and point number one. Point number one. Organizational so commitment. Commitment. Okay. Right? And uh, also, so point number two is, as you're seeing success, you have to ask questions, uh, can I apply this elsewhere? For example, in application maintenance, with this is where the servers, I mean, application goes down. I've got a uh, request for a small defect that needs to be fixed. You know, these are uh, the routine things that mm -hmm. you do with the mm -hmm. applications. We have got more than uh, 2,000 people working in that area mm. uh, just in application maintenance. And three years ago, we decided to apply Lean to that part of the organization as well. And that is now spread across all of my peers' organizations. My team was uh, the catalyst that brought these practices, but mm -hmm. we all worked together to really apply them, mm -hmm. and we have found more than $31 million of annual savings in the application maintenance space while maintaining quality, while uh, increasing engagement of employees, right? So wow. we are finding value in software engineering, in application maintenance, and recently, I also run a pretty big help desk with uh, close to 200 people uh, that take technical, you know, uh, related questions and so on. Uh, they uh, take more than a million uh, phone calls or email interactions mm -hmm. uh, every year. We applied Lean and we found, again, another 17% efficiency there. So we've applied it to many, many aspects of uh, IT and mm -hmm. finding value. Mm -hmm. Now, to answer your question, how this is really changed me as a leader, uh, it really is a long uh, kind of a, uh, it's not one simple thing. There mm -hmm, are multiple mm -hmm. things that I would love to share with you. Um, so first and foremost is uh, you have to go away from a command and control to more of a collaborative leadership style. From a top-down 
to more of a servant leader type of a style. You also, um, I have really had to, um, to really challenge myself to ask uh, questions instead of propose answers. Ah. It's very, very hard for me to do. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, that is another uh, big change because you really want, when a process, something doesn't work well, mm -hmm. traditional mindset that I grew up with is to go and say, let's go do a deep dive. I will get involved. <laughs> Whose fault it is? Let's fix it, right? Instead, uh, we really have now come to really believe that it is not just uh, like the problems happen not because of an individual typically. Mm -hmm. It is because of the process. Let's ask questions about what process broke down. What can we learn from this? And what uh, systemic changes we will put in place to make sure that this type of a problem doesn't happen again. So in lean lingo, there is this concept of an A3, which is a root cause analysis mm -hmm. uh, a development, you know, kind of a understanding methodology. Uh, and we use that across the organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that's another thing that has changed. And last but not least, what I would share with you is we don't really profess that the frontline teams just adopt lean myself, my leaders, my direct reports, we're all using lean ourselves. So for example, our meetings every mm -hmm. week, our staff meeting, uh, we stand up in front of a board, we look at all the big projects that uh, that is critical to the company, and we focus on uh, what's working well, what's not working well, what roadblocks that we should remove for associates. So we are using lean uh, practices in the way we lead the organization top down and Perfect. bottoms up. Thank you. That's a great summation. And we're going to go to break. Thank you. And we'll come back and talk more about lessons learned in implementing. Mm -hmm. And also, how did you make this personal transformation? Okay. Because you, you alluded to this wasn't easy for me. Yeah, yeah. Personal changes as successful leaders is tough. Mm -hmm. If you're not yes. successful, then there's a good reason to change. Yes. So, uh, would be my pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, 
leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We're with Guru from Nationwide talking about Agile and Lean. So before we broke, you talked about your own personal journey. Mm -hmm. Let's bring it to a broader question of, based on your own experience, changing yourself and leading the change in an organization, what would you advise other CIOs who are embarking on the lean and agile transformation? Okay. So uh, the way I would uh, uh, think about that is uh, four things. Uh, One is starting small. Okay. Second is an approach for uh, how do you do org change management, OCM? Third is economic value. And fourth is how do you make sure that once you really embark on the journey that it's sustainable? It sticks. It sticks, mm-hmm. right? So on the first one, starting small, um, I, I believe in dream big. Um, when you dr- dream, you dream big. Yeah. At the same time, you, <laughs> you start, start with small, small steps, right? <laughs> uh, so really have a clear goal, but start in a small department or a okay. team or an area. Get some advice from outside. Like we did engage some consultants who are good at this, um, both from uh, people who are in the software engineering field, IT field, but also from management consulting companies, Mm -hmm. right? So we definitely got their help. But then we said that we want to be good at that ourselves. So we identified some people within our own organization who would be recipients of that knowledge so that Mm -hmm. we can leverage it to scale, right? That was the first thing is experiment small, Mm -hmm. but then build internal capability uh, so that you can actually scale it. Second is a, is a, uh, concept uh, around o- org change management, OCM, that I have now become a big believer in. There is a mindset in the OCM community that you change thinking to change behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Change the thinking so that you can yeah. change people's yeah. behavior. But what we now have lots of stats to show 
that the reverse is actually a better way to go. Mm -hmm. Change the behavior to change the thinking. And let's say give a personal like you know example let's say that you're trying to lose weight instead yes, of just thinking am, about so. it <laughs> we all are at some point or the other uh, we all are thinking about you know like you can read you can think but maybe a best thing to do stop is eating. actually start start <laughs> a diet that you commit to just sticking for 21 yeah. days right yes. people talk about those things mm-hmm. I Once actually see, just finished one yesterday. Excellent. See, you know what I'm talking about. So we believe that changing behavior will lead mm-hmm. to change thinking. And there is a different org change management techniques that you really yeah. use for that. Tip In the traditional mindset uh, uh, model, you would broadly communicate to people why we're doing this. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, the benefits and all that stuff. You do some of that, okay. but more importantly, you focus on the team that's actually going through the change mm-hmm. and show them the new techniques. So this is back to our small experiments. Exactly. I I, I can learn it by sitting down and doing it doing in a safe it. place, hence experiment, not experiment, lifetime change. Experiment, not lifetime change. And then that leads to uh, that new behavior. You actually now start to learn from each other. So collectively, the team comes mm-hmm. to a different thinking, right? A- so and that it doesn't a- seem so high pressure. Exactly. If it's an experiment, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be learning. I'm not Correct. supposed to be perfect. That's right. And then if you make sure that you you have good coaches to right. the first point uh, that we talked about it, so that they can actually teach the right behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, mm-hmm. when I talk about behaviors in the workplace, right? So, for example, we all are going to do stand-up meeting at nine o'clock in mm-hmm. the morning okay mm-hmm. it seems like oh my god that is not a oh why should i stand i've always done meetings sitting down whatever <laughs> but what you really learn is you keep the topics very quick mm-hmm. you focus on specific practices like you know what are the things that i'm working on today mm-hmm. what i'm gonna what i need help with and those kind of things mm-hmm. what do you really begin to really learn is that other people are now willing to help you or able to help you. You can increase collaboration. Mm-hmm. If I just sat and said, oh, we all should collaborate, that's more of a think, you know, trying to change the thinking. Not the Instead, doing. Instead, the doing. Let's do the doing, which leads to then, yeah, I really like that particular practice or the behavior, mm-hmm. which then leads to how can I do more of that, right? And I want to focus on this one for just a second because I think you're hitting on something that is absolutely foundational Mm -hmm. to helping humans change. Yeah. You're creating a sense of safety Mm -hmm. by calling it and treating it as an experiment. Absolutely. I think a lot of the resistance is I'm not sure I trust what you're doing. Correct. And I'm not sure I'm going to succeed. Yes. And if I'm afraid I'm not going to succeed, it's easier to resist than try and And I don't know because I don't know whether I'm going to succeed or not because I don't know the new things that I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to do. And By focusing on that thing, by by having people who can coach you on the Mm -hmm. things that you're supposed to do, you take off that fear as well. Well, and as we're talking about people who've been using a system for 10 or 15 right. years, exactly. much of their career is built and their identity is built on, mm-hmm. I know how to do the thing. That's right. I'm the smartest person in the company That's on right. that thing. Yeah. And now you're telling me, I've got to start over. That's right. And I don't know anything yeah. about this new stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that that fear that we create in the very people who are running our business mm-hmm. is really 
disabling for many. And it is disabling for people, but also it is actually limiting for leading this type of a transformation. Of course, because right? if your humans aren't Correct. performing what you want them Correct. to perform, mm -hmm. and, and they're not performing based not on a lack of desire, but on a just a basic human need to protect, yes. to stay safe. Absolutely, absolutely. So if, you're, if uh, our listeners are interested, one of the short articles that I've read that has actually been very impactful on me on this mm -hmm. ch org change management philosophy uh, is uh, 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 an article about NUMI, which is a N-U-M-I. Uh, it is a partnership that was done between Toyota and General Motors uh, where uh, by bringing Toyota's lean practices, they were able to turn a mm. uh, manufacturing plant in California uh, from one of the worst plants in General Motors to one of the best with the highest engagement while all doing it within the uh, structures of the uh, the labor unions and mm -hmm. all of those things. So I it was really. I think there's a story on NPR about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's highly talked about, and particularly the gentleman John Shook, who is one of the pioneers in that okay. space in lean. Uh, he has got this quote: "Start by changing how people behave. What okay. do they do?" not what do they think, right? Ah, okay, And that's right. how uh, I have really started to think about what all the changes that I drive, mm -hmm. that's one of the concepts that I think about. Where do I apply that? How do I apply that? Perfect, right? thank you. And now then going back to my yeah. third one, focusing on the economic value. If you are a CIO, you tell people, okay, I'm gonna you know, hire some consultants, we're gonna do this new thing, Agile or Alina, whatever. You need to be able to translate that into dollars and cents, right? Uh, at the end of the day, um, these are all cannot be just feel-good things, but also they should yeah. really deliver economic value. So, for example, if you're in software engineering, we focused on productivity, measuring productivity, baseline productivity, and the new productivity, quality, baseline and new quality, labor cost, uh, before and after, right? Uh -huh. Those are the three things that I focused on for the software engineering. Those same metrics don't apply for me when I think about the call center, the help uh -huh. desk transformation. But there we found other things, right? Okay. Well, so you need to really figure out what are the economic levers and the value, uh -huh. and you need to figure out the, uh, the before metrics and the impact of that economically mm -hmm. and then the afterwards and be able to demonstrate to the organization whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, is it saving money or mm -hmm. not? Again, if you take the experiment mindset, yeah, uh, it is even less fearful even for leaders like ourselves, right? We're saying we're going to try this in a small scale. If it's successful, we'll take it broad, but I'm going to do it based on dollars and cents. Now I can gain broader commitment from the organization to do it br bigger and br better. And you run, you avert the change in leadership, we scrap mm. the project, we've exactly. just spent $200 million, and exactly. now it's exactly. another thing that never gets done. Exactly. And the last one is uh, uh, we, uh, my, my leadership team, uh, that is uh, the VPs and the executives that report to me, uh, some of them came from experience in lean. Mm -hmm. Some of them came from traditional command and control mindset, mm -hmm. right? A couple of years ago, when we had seen success with Lean and Agile mm -hmm. at the frontline work, we decided as a leadership team that we are going to embrace it ourselves, top mm -hmm. down, right? And we've been on that journey 
uh, almost two, two and a half years now. And one of the first things that we did uh, was we all read a book uh, called Creating a Lean Culture okay. by David Mann. And uh, we did it as a book study, and that helped us all build a common understanding. And one of the concepts that we took out of it is this distinction between lean production versus lean management, mm. right? And it's a very, I mean, we don't have time to go through it uh, in detail now, but you cannot have a agile system scale uh, or lean system, uh, production system work and sustain itself without a good lean management system. And that together, they're really powerful. Uh, so we've found a lot of value with agile, lean, and particularly sustaining it is enabled by our lean management system. Beautiful. That's a great way to wrap up. So I'm going to summarize a couple of things that I heard. The organization overall has to make a commitment. Mm -hmm. You had it starting with yeah. Mike Keller, your CIO, and across the range of mm -hmm. business unit CIOs. Mm -hmm. You started as an experiment. You needed to make sure you could scale it. You measured it. Leaders worked together. Mm -hmm. they, they not only, and this is one of my big hot buttons, it's not I'm going to go tell those people to change mm -hmm. and then come back and yeah. tell me when it's done. Yeah. It's the biggest failure I've seen and it's the reason I do this work. Mm -hmm. That I've seen high-level leaders get fired yeah. because the the approach to transformation was you people go do it. You yeah. minions or yeah. serfs. Um, come back and tell me the king when it's this done. This is us. All of us together. And, and so what you've really pointed to as one of the key differentiators for Nationwide is we did it first on ourselves. We experimented. Mm -hmm. And as leaders, we have foundationally learned and changed. Mm -hmm. And we treat it as an experiment. Yeah, so as, yeah. as we pull back to the innovative leadership piece, you're a beautiful example of you and your group mm -hmm. have innovated how you lead mm -hmm. and innovated the work you do concurrently. And that's enabled this to stick. Absolutely. And part of that is this mindset of a scientist, mm -hmm. that we're, we're creating a safe environment for ourselves and others to change. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a core competency now for you, mm -hmm. not a thing you did like a diet. Yeah. It, we don't, I mean, I don't even think about it, but now that you say it that way, it sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. You've been a beautiful example of the kinds of leaderships we really like to focus on on the mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. is highlighting moving out of the my frameworks of what does an innovative leader look mm -hmm. like and talking to someone who is innately demonstrating these new capabilities in your daily work and you're saving a lot of money for the company in the process. Oh, thanks for the kind words. So thank you. So to wrap up, this is Maureen Metcalf and Guru, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We would love to hear your comments either on Facebook or email me, info at metcalf-associates.com. Let us know what you think of the show. If you've got questions, I'm happy to share them with Guru. We'll get back to you. We may read your comments on the air. And again, thank you for investing an hour with us. I hope that you heard something that you can apply to innovate how you are leading in your ongoing life. Thank you again for joining us this week. 
Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.